Welcome to Abiding Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently airing a series on the Holy Spirit titled, The Missing Person. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. You can turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, The Missing Person, part 2. So Peter ends his sermon in Acts chapter 2 with a call to repentance, if you can turn to Acts chapter 2. One more evidence. Verse 37. It says, Now when they heard this, this is all the Elamites and the Parthians and Medes and all being from Cappadocia, all the Romans, all the Judeans, all the people that were there. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent. Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. Notice this, verse 39. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all those who are afar off, as many as the Lord God will call. The promise of the Holy Spirit is to as many as the Lord God will call. And we're pretty far off here in Emmet, aren't we? So having established that, that the gifts of the Spirit are for everyone up until the end of the age... There are three main things I want to discuss this morning, and my hope is to clear up confusion, but one is the fruit of the Spirit, second is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the third is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing, the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus says this, and notice he's saying to his disciples, but notice who he's talking about, he says, beware of false prophets. That means that there will be people who prophesy falsely. There will be people who manifest gifts of the Spirit falsely. We'll see that. Who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Verse 16. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes into thorn bushes or figs into thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. I'm in Matthew chapter 7, verse 18, if I didn't tell you that, sorry. Matthew 7, verse 18. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by your fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, notice this, have we not prophesied, these are the false prophets, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Now, thinking about that, you'd say, man, that guy's ministry is fruitful. He raised people from the dead. He cast out demons. He did all this stuff. He's saying that's not fruit. And I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Okay, so here's an interesting thing. Remember what we talked about last week, John chapter 17, verse 3, and this is eternal life that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is knowing God. It's having a relationship with Him. That's what eternal life is. 
to know him. To know him is to love him. And I do, and I do, and I do, right? To know God, and notice what he says to these. You did all these things in my name, but I do not, what? Know you. Depart from me who practice lawlessness. That's a scary thing. So that means that people can manifest supernatural things, evidently, but not have fruit. And fruit is what I want to talk about. Now, as we saw last time, there's three experiences that a believer has with the Holy Spirit. The first is, remember Jesus said in John chapter 14, the Spirit is with you, but shall be in you. He uses two prepositions. He's para, with you, but he shall be en, in you. And that happens at the moment of conversion. A person becomes a Christian. The Holy Spirit's been with them, convicting them of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and showing the things of Jesus to them. They are convicted of their sin. They accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And at the moment of conversion, the Spirit comes and lives inside of them. In, in fact, it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So they cannot have the Holy Spirit unless they believe. And it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And so you have to have the Spirit inside of you to even be a believer. And it is that moment that you can, as a believer, begin to bear fruit at the instant of conversion. You're converted by the Holy Spirit. You're born again of the Spirit. The Spirit is living inside of you, and you can begin to bear fruit. However, that's prior sometimes not always, but sometimes, prior to the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the upon, as we talked about last time, the epi experience, the third experience we have the Holy Spirit, the upon experience of the Holy Spirit where we are empowered to be witnesses for Jesus, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute when we talk about the baptism of the Spirit. But I just want to talk about fruit real quick. Jesus said, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit, Right? What is this fruit he's talking about? Remember what Paul says there at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12? He says, desire the best gifts, but I show you a more excellent way. What is the more excellent way? It's the fruit. It is love. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not love, I am a clanging gong and a sounding cymbal. My tongues without love, without fruit, are pointless. And so love becomes the fruit. Notice this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And the fruit of the Spirit is, singular, love. Then he goes on to describe the byproduct of that. Love, joy. If I know that God's absolutely powerful, absolutely in control, and he loves me, what does that produce in my heart? Joy. joy. Yeah, I'm joyful because I know that God loves me. And I, it gives me a sense, that's what it means, a sense of well-being. It's not really happiness, but it's kind of an inner peace, inner happiness. Joy, and from the joy comes peace. And when I have peace with God, then I can wait on God. I can be patient, right? Long-suffering. Kindness begins to come out of my life. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control being able to control myself because it's relationship with Jesus. This is what happens when I abide in Jesus. I begin to bear fruit and the fruit is always love. That is what the fruit of the Spirit is and that is all supreme in the Christian's life. If you never speak in tongues, if you never prophesy, if you never give one 
evidence of the gift of the Holy Spirit, it would be better than to not have love. That is more important, is, is supreme to the gifts of the Spirit. Although the gifts of the Spirit are very important, I don't want to dismiss those. But it's important to differentiate between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Well, because I could say, well, you know, my gift isn't love. I have the gift of irritation and, you know... The fruit of the Spirit is a gift like air is a gift. Everybody can breathe it. The gifts of the Spirit are given to each one as the Spirit wills. So nobody will have the same gifts. It's diversities of gifts that the Spirit will give, and we'll see that in a little bit. But it's important as we separate between being born again and the filling of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit from the gifts of the Spirit, we want to also know what it means by the baptism of the Spirit. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1 now. Acts chapter 1, we read this last time, but just to revisit it, Jesus has been around for 40 days. 40 days he's been hanging out with the disciples. And what is interesting to me is that during those 40 days, he never got on them. You notice that? He never's like, you guys, I'm resurrected from the dead. Why aren't you telling everybody? Why aren't you going out there and doing the work of the ministry? What's wrong with you? Do you realize if all you guys will go out and tell everybody that I've risen from the dead, then, then people would believe in me and people would be saved? What's wrong with you guys? What did he tell them instead? He said, go and wait. Don't do anything. He comes and he finds them fishing. What does he say? What are you guys doing? No, he's like, hey guys, remember, go and wait in Jerusalem. Go and wait in Jerusalem until you get the Holy Spirit. You see, I think oftentimes churches make mistake in thinking that people can just do the work of the ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember what Jesus said, again, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. He didn't say, go do the work of the ministry. He says, wait until you have power. It'd be like me telling my kid, vacuum the floor. And he goes to plug in the cord. Don't plug that in. Just vacuum the floor. Come on. What's wrong with you? Get the work done. I, hear, I, mean, I grew up in churches like that. What would the church look like if every one of you would invite somebody to church every week? What would the church look like if you all gave money and you got people in there? Amen. Because they love feeling guilty, but they're not going to do it. Why? Because they don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to have power to do what the Lord wants them to do in their life. And so it's important that we have the filling of the Holy Spirit and that we wait for the filling of the Holy Spirit and the Lord begins to fill us and He begins to work in us to do His will, to be witnesses and to be powerful within the church. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208 991 2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.